The exclamation point of history. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. When I was a kid and I was learning how to write in school, I loved using the exclamation mark. <laughs> to me, that was a way of saying, hey, this is exciting, or pay attention, this is important, or I really want you to get the point here. And uh, in our passage today in Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 48, this is kind of Jesus putting an exclamation mark on human history. And he does it by talking about his return. Uh, The New Testament is full of um, teachings about the return of Christ for the church. So if we look at the, the journey of Christ's earthly life, we can see that he was born that he had his public ministry, he suffered his death on the cross, three days later he was resurrected, and then not long after that he ascended uh, back into heaven to take his rightful place at the right hand of God in the throne room of heaven. And in preparing his followers for that eventual return to the Father, um, he made many teachings for them. Uh, he left behind the Great Commission because he was leaving them with uh, carrying on the mission of the church, the mission of the gospel, uh, to go into the world and make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey Uh, the commands of Jesus. And then those people would embrace that life and go and do likewise. Um, And so that's one of the teachings Jesus prepared his disciples with, uh, because they would have work to do in his absence. Uh, But one of the other teachings that Jesus uh, prepared them with was for his eventual triumphant return. And this would be at the culmination point of history, um, when he would return to um, welcome uh, the faithful ones into eternity, into heaven for all time, uh, for the rest of time. And uh, Revelation 21 gives us the picture of a new heaven and a new earth where uh, moth and rust cannot destroy, where tears are wiped away, where pain is no more, where suffering is no more, where we live in uh, the glorious freedom of God's presence each and every day, glorifying God and uh, enjoying uh, a life uh, free of the things that we experienced here in this earthly life. But one of the other teachings that Jesus uh, left his disciples with was about his return. And it had to be confusing to them (laughs) that while he is bodily present with them, he's teaching them about his eventual return. Um, And what he is saying is, I'm coming back for my faithful ones. I'm coming back for the church, that human history will not carry on endlessly uh, for eternity. In other words, um, the fallen human Uh, experience uh, post the Garden of Eden uh, was not God's intent. And because that was not God's intent, at some point, God is going to pull the plug on human history. And um, God is not going to let earth ramble on, uh, but that there would be a series of events that would precede his return and that would stand as markers and signals for those who believe in him. Uh, that his return is soon. And he even announced that his return would be soon, that he would be coming back soon. 
um, were 2,000 years uh, plus after Jesus' resurrection and ascension. And um, a biblical soon is not necessarily uh, like one of our soons. If we say, hey, I'm going to be coming over to your house pretty soon, uh, we know that that could be 15, 20, 30 minutes before our friend comes to our house. But when the Bible uh, talks about time, it's a whole different chronology. Um, There are scriptures that say that a day is like a thousand years to God. And when you're an eternal being and you're not hindered by linear time, um, what is time? (laughs) That's a good question for us to ponder. What is time for an eternal being? And so uh, God is patient unlike we are. And uh, his desire, as Peter said in one of his letters, is that none should perish, but that all should come to a saving knowledge of faith in Christ. And so God relents on his wrath uh, by sending Jesus to take the wrath and the punishment for sin and uh, extends us forgiveness. And we have his righteousness imparted to us on the basis of his uh, triumphant uh, death and resurrection over uh, his, his victory over sin. And so we are inheritors of all of these good gifts. And uh, Jesus is saying here that we will be inheritors of his return. He's going to come back for us and usher us into God's kingdom. And so that's what the teaching today is all about, but it's wrapped in some warnings about being watchful and being ready. And uh, so this will be uh, an interesting teaching, and uh, we'll spend some time with it here in just a second as we uh, prepare our hearts by going to the Father. Lord, we love you today, and we thank you for your word. We thank you that um, what we don't understand, your spirit brings insight to, and we give you thanks for that. Father, bring insight to these words uh, from your word today as we read them together and study them, that we might have understanding into your word and we might uh, see how we are to apply these things to our journey with you. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we give you thanks for your patience, your goodness, your kindness, and your mercy. And uh, where would we be without those things? Thank you, Lord, and uh, thanks for being with us during our time of study today. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Uh, These are the words of Jesus. Be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning, like servants waiting for their master return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will have them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling us this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to bear the other servants, uh, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour when he is not aware of. 
He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. The servant who knows the master's will does not get ready or does not do what the master wants uh, will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does these things and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. So these seem kind of cryptic uh, and unclear, and they are uh, strangely worded. Uh, but within these little vignettes, and there are three of them, three or four of them, Jesus is making some points about our readiness in preparation for his return. And uh, he paints several pictures here of servants being ready for their master's return from the banquet. They're dressed and they keep their lamps burning. They want to be able to open the door right away when he gets home. Um, And it will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Um, And if the master finds his servants in that position, he will don the apparel of a servant and wait on them. It's an interesting, interesting thought. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the day or toward daybreak. Um, the picture here is that we don't know when Jesus will return. We don't know when his second coming will be upon us. Um, it could be night. It could be day. We don't know. Um, he goes on to say in verse 40, you must be ready because the son of man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. And then he goes on into the next vignette and lays out uh, a picture of a faithful servant who's uh, managing the household of his master well. Um, But that servant says, my master's taking a long time in coming. And then he begins to beat the other servants and uh, both the men and the women. And then he starts getting kind of cocky. He's eating and drinking and being merry. And he's not faithfully executing his duties and, he, and Jesus says that the master of that servant will come when he does not expect him and at an hour when he's not aware, and he will cut him to pieces and assign him his place among the unbelievers. And what he's saying is that is a dereliction of duty, that he's turning his back on his responsibility to be ready for the master's return. Just because the master's timeline doesn't match up with your timeline doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. So stay ready, be ready. And sometimes we get a little uh, weary in the waiting, don't we? And uh, we get a little lazy and we let our guard down and we begin to uh, let in some influences that may not be uh, godly or his best for us. And uh, Jesus says, stay ready, remain ready. And then in the final vignette, he says, uh, he talks about a servant who knows uh, the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants. And that servant will be beaten with many blows. In other words, there's punishment coming for that servant. You know the will of God, and yet you refuse to do it. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. If, you're not, if you've not been made aware of the gospel and you're walking apart from him, there's going to be a special measure of grace. That's an interesting statement. From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much will be asked. Uh, Strange teachings. The thread that's consistent throughout is be ready. And if you know the truth, act on the truth. If you've been enlightened by the truth, if you've been made aware of the gospel, then you are now responsible for what you do with that knowledge. Um, 
and so this is a teaching of preparation, and uh, the message is a good one. Uh, as believers, we should live as though Jesus could come back tomorrow, and we want to uh, live in such a way that our lives are ready for our Master's return. Now, the Lord knows that we're not perfect, and He's not advocating for perfection here. He's talking about the readiness of our spiritual hearts, that we long for His return, that we're ready for His return, that we're waiting for His return, and that we're prepared spiritually for His return. All right, my friends, thanks for taking some time out of your day to study with me, and uh, God bless you as you continue on your journey with Him today.